It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. Thank you all for joining us so far. If you're joining us live on Wednesday evening or if you're watching us afterwards as well, too, we appreciate you stopping in either way. It is finally that time of year. The NFL season is upon us. We got live NFL football coming up, and I, for one, can't wait. It is DJ joined as always. By my co-host, Kelsey. We've been waiting a long time for this one. This is arguably our favorite time of the year, but football is up. Let me phrase that. NFL football is back, and it is getting ready to get started, which means everyone to, to put on your tinfoil hats and start twisting away because we've got a lot of predictions and predictions, conspiracy theories, a little bit of everything leading into the season. Yeah, you know, I've been growing my my anti-football beard here, <laughs> the AKA, the it's been the offseason, and I've really been, been hankering for some football since the end of the USFL uh, championship game so i've been waiting on this this to come around for well it's been a couple weeks it hasn't been that long but since july 4th but still this has been been waiting been ready for this and honestly this is my our, our favorite time where now we get to actually see football on thursday i mean cannot wait for the jaguars game uh granted it's the jaguars without trevor lawrence and anybody important and it's the raiders without anybody important except for jared Stidham. shout out jared Stidham. uh only only guy that's going to be on the field that might even be a recognizable name and even that to only half of the audience probably uh, but yeah, it's gonna be fun. So it's you know, it's it's just glad to have football back. Absolutely. And for those of you who weren't with us last year, we appreciate you for joining us now. Better late than never to come along. But what we're gonna do here is for the next five weeks, each week we're gonna be breaking down division by divisions. So we'll go north and north, south and south, east and east, west, west, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Breaking down teams, their records, and a little surprise twist here at the end as well, too, that we didn't do last year as well. So that's what we're gonna be getting into today. I can't wait as well. And at the very end of it, we're into our playoffs, Super Bowl, and awards predictions too, right before kickoff to the NFL regular season. I, for one, cannot wait. And you know what, Kelsey? With all the drama, we'll call it, that has circulated the last couple, the last few days as well too, a lot of headlines, a lot of things still to come as well too. I think it's safe to say we're going to start with the North this time as well too. We're going we're gonna to see who we're going to determine who will be the kings of the North. 
you know, second season in a row where Deshaun Watson has determined where and when we pick each division. Uh, because last season it was when, well, where's he going to end up at? Turns out nowhere. Uh, this season, well, what's going to happen? Is he going to get suspended? And and we kind of made our predictions based off of the four to six games going into it. And, well, guess we're like, hey, so far we're right, but we might be wrong here very soon. Who knows? Like, there's I, a this, lot is, this is crazy. There's a lot, especially with the word that the NFL might appeal, which could lead to a lawsuit. And there's a whole lot of things, which there are a lot of other Belly Up podcasts that are going in-depth on that as well, too. Yeah. So I definitely recommend looking into those. We're gonna we're gonna bypass that today. We're gonna focus on our predictions and leading into that as well too. Before we get into that, we of course want to give a big shout out to a couple of our very sponsors that are very fortunate enough to be partnered with us that we very much appreciate. Doctor Squatch, smell like a man, feel like a champion. Basically, everything you want for you or that special someone in your life, smell great without all the harsh chemicals on your skin as well too. Take back the shower, and of course, let's not forget our good friends at In the Clutch Sports Apparel. All the high quality sports gear you need. From an unconventional source as well, too. Click the link in our bio. Use code Hilo Sports. Get yourself a little discount and some stand out from the crowd with your high quality sports apparel, too. So just want to give them a quick shout out because we always appreciate working with them as well. And if you have a favorite favorite player or you just happen to be a Shohei Otani fan, if you're a baseball fan, do oh. they have the apparel for you? I just I can't get over the fact they have like 18 pages dedicated to Shohei Otani. It's insane. Oh. Like no other player has more than like two. But Shohei Otani is like 18 pages. So if you guys are a big fan of baseball or, you know, individual players by themselves, check that out. Absolutely. You definitely don't want to miss that. But it's time. Time to get into our predictions. We're going to start with the North and we're going to rip this bandit off. We're going to go with the AFC North, our predictions, what we expect, how we see the season playing out. How we did this is we went into the NFL week by week predictor and we went through all 18 weeks and we predict who we thought we were going to win, who we thought was going to lose. So all the records would line up in some way, shape or form and then wrote down the math at the end and, we had some that surprised us as well, too, at the end of it. I know there was a couple who we were like, wait, how did we get here? What, what's going on here? Th- this is an unusual one as well, too. So definitely looking forward to seeing what some of our predictions are. Kelsey, would you like to do us the honors? Or would you like me to rip this bandaid off first? You know what? Uh, I'm going to take, take the first. Uh, you know what? It's AFC North. I'll take the AFC North. Okay, cool. Um, so we'll have you work from the bottom up on us as well, too. Let, let, let's hear how this is going to go. Give us the team and their prediction and why you think they'll be that way. Well, I figured I'll take the lead here so because I get a head start running. Mm-hmm. Um, with my number four here, I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna rip the bandaid off. And uh, Steelers Nation, I'm sorry, but sitting at number four in the division is you. And I, I think I think Steelers fans kind of expect a down season. Um, I don't think they expect to go three and fourteen, which is where I have them. Uh, I just don't trust the Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett situation at quarterback because there's a lot of aspects. Deontay Johnson's still holding out. Like, what's gonna happen with that? Look, Najee Harris. I love Najee Harris. I love Najee Harris, but I still can't get behind the fact that they didn't really do anything to share up their offensive line for whatever quarterback's coming in. And then you treat, look, you gave Minka a contract session. Thank you. But I still don't trust this defense enough beyond TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. Like you lose secondary pieces and you don't replace them. What are you going to do there? Like you lose DBs. What are you doing? Um, I, I have so many questions for the Steelers teams. But mostly on their offense, can they score enough points to keep up with anybody? Because their defense will give up big plays because right now their DBs aren't great. I think everybody can agree there. And it's, it's going to be tough. I'll be like, don't get me wrong. I'm not the biggest Steelers fan in the world, but I will say this. It's always a tough season to watch when Steelers are not a good team. And on top of everything, you now have the new stupid stadium name. I, like, it's Heinz Field. I'm not calling anything else. Just like it's still Staples. Yeah. We, we ain't changing. <laughs> exactly. So, 
I have them going three and fourteen, but I think the biggest fault is that they cannot win a game in their division. Uh, when I had when I had them going through the records, I had them zero and six in division, which is going to be a tough pill to swallow for the quote unquote big brother of the AFC North. Uh, so that's going to be that's why I have the Steelers. I just figured I'd rip the bandaid off now, and you know what? If you're going to yell at me, people, comments are right there. <laughs> you know, they, I'm sure there will be somebody that will have a few words for you as well too. And I will say, I do expect them to have a down year as well too. What I'm curious to see is. You have two younger, more mobile quarterbacks, but at the same time, like Ben Roethlisberger, what we knew was a statue at best in his last couple of years. But he got the ball out of his hands as soon as he caught the ball. Is that I'm wondering if there's a trade off there, like the mobility evades some of those sacks he took, but at the same time holding the ball. I'm wondering which way it leans as well too, because if Pickett and Trubisky can evade some of those sacks and maybe keep some of those things going and not catch and throw a quick slant or swing pass every single play, maybe it opens things up. But like you said, there's. There's a lot of question marks that more more for the Steelers than I can remember in recent memory. And that's was even last year. We were kind of curious how well they were going to do as well, too. And they surprised everybody and somehow got in the playoffs again. But this year it's it's getting even tougher. Yeah. And, and you know, you mentioned Mitch and we've seen Mitch Trubisky without an offensive line before. It's not pretty. And the fact is, he just doesn't. I feel like and, and obviously Kenny Pickett, we don't know what he can do in the NFL. We know what he did in college and he did hold the ball a lot more in college. He wasn't a quick, quick, quick throwing offense at Pitt. So it is going to be something that happens with development, but I don't think, I think throwing these, I, I no, matter, no matter which quarterback you throw out there, I think there's going to be a situation out there that's not going to be good. It's just going to be like, well, crap guys, uh, try to survive, survive in the two seconds to hand it to Najee. Najee, go get us 200 all purpose yards is the best opportunity we're going to have. Like, Perfect. I feel like that's what's, what's going to happen. By the way, Najee, so, you have to do that per week and it still might not be enough depending. So yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Like he has to, he'll have to be basically a 2000 rusher, 2000, uh receiver just to have an opportunity for like uh, the Steelers to to really to show out and and it sucks because like guys like Pat Fryermuth are going to be overlooked um you know you have a lot of talent there that that are in the receiving core as well but with Deontay Johnson holding out that's your number one like <laughs> that's that hurts so that's that's gonna be tough as well too so tough times in the Steel City right now yeah. so moving on from number four who are we looking at at number three so number three we just talked about him in the intro uh, the Browns. I have the Browns at number three, but it's not like it's a bad number three. Hmm. They have a competition. They almost sneak themselves into the playoffs here. Uh, unfortunately, they start the six and six. They set the six game suspension off three and three. That's where I have the biggest fault for the for the for the Browns. Jacoby Brissett's only able to lead them to three victories. They lose to the Jets, which is the Ooh. big deciding factor that keeps them out of the playoffs. You lose to the Chargers and you lose to the Patriots. Are you able to take pick up three other wins in there, and you have the bye week in your first six games in the first like couple weeks there? But you know, it's just not. It's going to be tough. Like this offense is going to have it's going to be carried by Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt. We are we all know that. Um, David Njoku obviously is going to pick up a lot of targets. Amari Cooper can he stay in games? Is a big question. What's it look like between Amari Cooper and Jacoby Brissett in as far as a connection? Because Jacoby Brissett never really connected with his receivers in Indy before but he didn't really have the opportunity because there weren't a lot of healthy receivers <laughs> i mean to be to be fair but at the same time amari has that tendency to fade in and out of games that also includes anthony schwartz that includes you know john donovan people's jones so you got really look at david and joke you look at, at at harrison bryant as the opportunities for jacoby Brissett to really stretch that passing game comfortably within himself and then it's gonna be a lot of cream hunt and and Nick Chubb, and eventually that's going to get stopped, and that's what I see those three losses happening in that six and six in that six game period there with the suspensions. Um, but I do have them rallying. They end up going five and one in the division, okay. so it's not like 
it's not like this is this is a team that's out of it by any means. They look good when, especially you know, when everybody gets back on the team. It's just it's a matter of this defense is still good, but the offense again doesn't have enough firepower to really get them over the the hump. I see them see them starting under. So I, I do have the Browns here, but it's not like a this isn't like the Browns I've said like that finishes third or fourth in the division of old. Like this is a Browns team that looks really good going forward. So basically, if they're the NFC, they go like 12 and 5 and run away with a top two or three seat, probably. If they're in the NFC East, they probably win the NFC East 14 and 2, 14 and 3. Like, <laughs> they'd 6 and 0 in the division. Just, it'd be easy. It'd be walk a cake for, for them right now. But uh, they're not. They're in, they're in probably, honestly, one of the toughest divisions in football. Like, this AFC North is just as bad as the AFC West in a lot of ways. <laughs> My one question for you before I let you move on, though, is you have them kind of rallying five and one in the division down the stretch, almost. Mean. So does that mean like next year's Browns, you have them being a dangerous force to work with now that they'll have an off season to kind of get cohesive and a season under their belt, and a lot of the players will be returning too. Yeah, I mean it really is. It's like so. To, for example, their last six games. I mean, you're exactly right. Their last six games, they went five and one. Loss only to the Bengals is what I had them predicting. But like, here's the biggest problem that the Browns have is that middle stretch of their series of their their uh schedule after the Patriots in week six you got the Ravens then you have the Bengals and then you have a bye week then you have the Dolphins and Bills and the the Bucks back to back to back it's just like that's a tough stretch to run this season so going into next season that's going to be like that that murderer's row everybody runs through before they have a great season like Kansas City had that with with Patty you know before he led them to a Super Bowl that year before that last stretch granted they you know still did good <laughs> it just was a murderer's row of quarterbacks he had to face. It's kind of going to be something similar. That's not going to be necessarily quarterbacks for the Browns. It's going to be just teams in general that are strong in my eyes that, that they're going to be facing in that middle stretch. So yeah, look out for the Browns next year. And I feel like everybody, every Browns fans out there, like it's always our, ne- our year next year. Don't <laughs> stop saying that. Like, no, legitimately actually look out for the Browns next year. Cause depending on what happens with the situation with Deshaun, he should potentially be a starting quarterback next year we'll obviously have to wait and see obviously all that stuff will play out its own self but when it does if it does however it does they're going to be set up for success next season even if it's Jacoby Brissett running the offense Hmm. it'll still work out so there's a lot of opportunity there for the Browns whether it's whoever starting quarterback going forward absolutely and they got one of the deepest backfields as you mentioned too not just those two big guys like felton and like it's a deep backfield yeah. the force comes worse just run four running backs at a time and see what you can pull off with that like there's a lot of good there's a lot of things to like about this browns team as well too if only they like you mentioned put them in the nfc east they're probably a number one potential number one seed even with the potential suspension looming so there's a lot to like about them and a lot but still even more question marks as well too so yeah. moving on now from the browns I'm curious now who you have at one and two. I'm curious what order you went in and how this one plays out as well, too, because the Browns, they made a ferocious run there at the end, how you have it. So these two teams, I expect a lot out of them. Yeah, so number two, I have the Ravens. And I have the Ravens going 11 and six. And the biggest reason the Ravens don't finish any higher, two and four in their division. Wow, so you're saying they could beat everybody except their own kinsmen, basically. Exactly. And and if you look at this team, it's built very well. Uh, their safeties. Uh, obviously, I'm a big Kyle Hamilton fan, so obviously I'm gonna gonna talk about that. But you also look at just everything offensively; it looks good. But you've had two off seasons now where your star quarterback has publicly said "WTF" to his own franchise when they're making a move, 
And that doesn't always bode well. And that kind of does worry me. Um, now, with that said, I have them starting out the season 3-0. Hmm. And then they lose to the Bills and the Bengals. But then they get back on top of things. Uh, their victories, as far as in-division, if I'm looking at this correctly, it does come against the Steelers both times. <laughs> That's who they win. They beat. They can't beat the Browns. They can't beat the Bengals. The biggest reason why is I think those wide receiving cores for the Bengals is too deep for the corners sitting there for uh, for the Ravens, whereas the running backs are too deep for <laughs> to, to, for the for the the Ravens to be able to stick with. And also, let's just also not forget Joe Burrow against the Ravens is just an absolute monster. Is why I have him beating the Ravens twice here. Um, but yeah, so Ravens eleven and six. They they have a strong roster. They have all the every everybody's coming back healthy. I just still kind of worry about that 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 Lamar Jackson interaction with the front office. Now it's not the same old have fun Ravens. It's just the, this is a different Ravens organization, and that does worry me a little bit. Um, just because as a as a Lamar fan, as somebody who hopes for Lamar to get the credibility that he is well deserving of, like he needs to have a big season. He has the weapons to, with Mark Andrews. I do think, you know, their backup tight end there, a kid out of Iowa State and, and Charlie Kohler might be a guy that, that steps up. Rashad Bateman obviously coming in. Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins, again, I cannot state how with he's held, when he's healthy, this offense runs so much better. Um, offensive line looks great. Like, all the pieces are there, but can they put it together? Um, this is kind of going to be the, the last question. And and I just don't have them put it together in division, but I do have them making the playoffs. 11-6, and six, you make the playoffs you do get to do some work in the playoffs. And I do think that's a potential possibility. And if they put it together and this team gets hot down the stretch, you just have to get hot at the right time in the, in the NFL. So it doesn't matter where you finish as long as you make the playoffs. Yeah, that's so you basically have old Browns just surviving the new Browns as well too, with yeah. just getting, just getting past them by the limits of margin and clinching themselves a playoff spot. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to take me to number one. And, and as, as, as honestly, as if you guys have been keeping up, you know, it's the Bengals. Um, yes, I am a Bengals fanboy. Yes, I do love me some T. Higgins. Yes, I do love me some Joe B. Yes, I do love what Jamar Chase and Logan Wilson can do on the field. Um, they got rid of C.J. Uzoma. All right, that's cool. You replace him actually with a better blocker in Hayden Hurst. Little less fine-tuned route running, but he has great hands. Might Hayden be Hurst can catch. Too. Yeah, he is, he is very quick, but he does have probably safer hands than C.J. Uzoma, which is something that, yeah, you miss out on a 6-7 target with C.J. Uzoma. But it's okay because you still have T. Higgins out there. Like he can still go up and get those. Like Hayden Hurst is still six four. It's not like he's a slouch by any means. So that offense looks good. And honestly, that offensive line, you cannot tell me there's been a better improved offensive line from anything we've seen from last season to this season. This has been the best, deepest revamp I think I've seen. Cause they didn't just go first string deep. They went second string deep in replacing a lot of guys. And that's fantastic. So you should see a lot of blocking. For Joe Burrow, but not just Joe Burrow, but Joe Mixon as well. And, you know, we talked about Joe Mixon. He missed, what, a game last year because of his chest. First time I think he really missed any time in the NFL, like any substantial time. He's always had nagging injuries, but that was like the first time he was like, okay, yeah, take a a seat. And you look at that and you just think about what they could build from that Super Bowl appearance. And, I, I, you know, I'm doing the no-no, right? You, you, You lose the Super Bowl, you don't end up as a playoff contender, let alone a potential one seed. Well, 13 and four, I have them going to the playoffs. They are not a one seed. Uh, it was spoiler alert for later, mm-hmm. but they are going to the playoffs here. 
Um, and I have him going back and, and look, man, I, I think that offense is great. I think that defense is just continually, continuously getting better as well. I love what Logan Wilson's doing. I love the entire secondary for the Bengals. Um, their defensive line is getting better and better every year. So I, I think there's a lot to like, lot, lot to like in Cincinnati. And most importantly, those white Bengal uniforms mm. are going to absolutely fantastic every single game they wear. Okay, so that's the kicker. You're picking on the uniforms. I got it. But you know what? It's it's honestly safe that you mentioned that offensive line revamp. Them and what the Chiefs did a couple of years ago are some of the more like teams that were Super Bowl teams completely revamping, not just adding a piece here. Like they flipped it on its head like a re- rebuilding team where it's maybe that's a new norm we start to see as well too, which kudos to both organizations. Keep your franchise quarterback healthy. You got two top five guys. Keep them that way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, we, talk, we watched Joe Burrow. Did, you know, I, I watch TikToks a lot for for on football TikTok, and like, there's a the, a thing going around with Joe Burrow calling him the Slide King. If you don't know what that means, sliding in the pocket, his his ability to slide in the pocket and just operate right there in the, in, in a box and get away from pressure. And I mean, God, he can do it. Like, if he's able to do that with no blocking whatsoever, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what he can do with just an extra half a second per possession, like per snap, like. Imagine, think- imagine that Super Bowl where Jamar Chase burns Jalen Ramsey, leaves Jalen Ramsey for dead on the ground if Joe Burrow had an extra half second. I will say, he, I consider him the electric slide king, how he just slides to the left, <laughs> slides to the right, and gets away from people. Like You have to imagine he's an incredible tap dancer as well, too. Or like oh, the, yeah. those ladder drills, hopscotch, anything like that with footwork. He's, you know he's good at tennis, too. Like he, I agree, oh, yeah, I agree yeah, with yeah. football TikTok on that one. He, he, he's, got, he's, got, he's got the ultimate footwork inside the pocket. Yeah, exactly. So just as a recap, my my AFC North, it's going to go Steelers at number four, three and 14. Browns, number three, 10 and seven. Ravens, number two, 11 and six, making the playoffs at 11 and six. The Bengals, 13 and four, taking the division. And they're going to finish in the playoff top four seeding, obviously. But I won't give away where in the top four seeding. Okay. You know what? I like it. That's a, that's a very... That- very, very intriguing. I, I understand a lot of it as well, too. Definitely makes sense. I'm going to go and jump into my AFC North now predictions as well, too. I'm going to start at the bottom, and we're going to start in about the exact same spot. I'm going to have the Steelers at the bottom of the division. I have them a little bit better. I have them at 5-12. and 12. I think <laughs> Mike Tomlin's still a solid co- coach. They still TJ Watt's still a top 5-3 defender in the game, to maybe top 1 edge 1A or 1B. Minka Fitzpatrick's a great safety. He's always underrated. Cameron Hayward is still a good run stopper, but I think they're going to spend too much time on the field, which I think hurt them in a lot of games last year, but they were able to make up for it because you had your division wasn't as strong last year with the Ravens and their injuries, the Browns and their issues. The Bengals were very up and down as well, too. They obviously got hot down the stretch, but during that mid part, they were a little bit slower. So I think the Steelers, it's going to be similar to last year, but you don't have that 17 year veteran at quarterback as well. So you have a young guy or a rookie. Like it's going to, there's going to be some holes there. So I think they'll pull some wins out. I think they will be close in a lot of games, but it's hard for me to get them too many wins, honestly, especially now that all three of these teams in your division. Good luck. I mean, I have them going one and five. I know you had them going on six. I'm going one and five. So that's feels like exponentially better. And it's still not very good. So I think yeah. that they're unfortunately a victim of their own surroundings, which they used to dominate this division or they were always competitive. This one, this one is going to be a lot tougher this year, I think, for them as well, too. So I got the Steelers at five and 12 right I, now at the I, bottom of the division. I want to get your opinion on this. Do you, what do you think caused this lapse? it feels like in talent for the Steelers right now. Do you think it was holding on to big Ben this long and kind of keeping him happy or do, what do you, cause like this feels like something that's doesn't really happen with the Steelers where there's just a gap in time that they just forgot to get talent. Like it is what it feels like. 
I think they got talent. They just didn't always spread it out in the right way. Like you mentioned, Pat Firemuth, really talented. Najee Harris, really talented. The problem is when they got those players, they weren't exactly big positions of need. They needed offensive line. They needed some linebacker depth. They needed corner depth. And then they traded those picks for Minka Fitzpatrick, which fantastic pick, by the way. Like He's absolutely fantastic. It's just you haven't got a chance to plug and play. And some of those other key spots as well, too. And I think they were, their coaching has been so good that it's kind of elevated some of that, not just Mike Tomlin as being like the rallying point, but some of their assistant coaches, things like that as well, too. And the way they basically flipped the offense to cover up a lot of those holes, and it kind of cut, extended Big Ben's life. So a little bit yes and a little bit just is, is bound to happen. I mean, we saw it kind of with the Patriots. They just You had Bill Belichick in a hole in a giant pocketbook that flipped it on its head in a year where the Steelers haven't quite been able to do that and trading the draft picks and things like that as well. So I think the talents there is just not always in the right spot. So I think they'll need to fill in a few spots to maximize it as well, too. And TJ Watt, we got to get, he's got to stay healthy through, missed a couple games last year. And he's mostly been an Iron Man, but he's, they've kind of built the team exclusively around him, too. So if he's not there or if he's slightly, if he's just taken out of a game for whatever reason, which is very rare, the defense is kind of, in a, it's basically in a Minka, please pick right and run from center field to the right spot. There's a lot exactly. of limitations. So I think those, the defense will still be fine, though. I'm just, like you, I'm curious what the offense is able to pull off. If it's going to be Najee Harris, save us every single game, which I can see him doing it five times at most. Yeah. So I'm going to move on now to number three. And like you, I have the Browns here finishing at 10 and seven. Very similar. I think they're going to go three and three to start. I think they're, that's going to be the, that one loss is going to be to the Steelers as well, too. I think just Jacoby Brissett's a good quarterback, but in these type, I don't know if he's, this is like, I feel like this is the type of game where the Steelers run defense can slow up Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just a little bit. And then it could put Jacoby in those uncomfortable positions as well, too. And I think division games, you'll almost always toss something out, especially earlier in the season. You kind of toss a lot of things out on paper as well, too. It's like when the Colts go to Jacksonville, everything's up in the air at that point. I feel like the Steelers and the Browns can be a lot of the same way. A couple years ago, conventional wisdom, the Steelers blast the Browns in the, in the playoff game. Well, it went the other way. And then last year, in theory, it was like the Browns should should beat the Steelers both times. Well, not not so much. One of them was the TJ Watt explosion, and one was you couldn't score even after the kicker got hurt. So like that's kind. Of, so I'm chalking this one to division game early in the season. You don't have your starting quarterback, so the Steelers will take that one. But I think the Browns like you after that middle stretch where it's a little rough. They will find some rallying spots. I don't think they'll go three and three in the division. I think they'll split with everybody just because the division is so good. So I think they're going to finish ten and seven, kind of like you. I think. I'm mean, spoiler. I have them just missing the playoff is basically an eight seed because of like that one game here, that one game there as well, too. So I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be competitive in a lot of games. And depending on how the suspension works out, maybe it switches to like an 11 and six, 12 and five, depending. It's possible because maybe you could slip by the Patriots with that. But there's a lot of we'll see. So I kind of just stuck in the middle of 10 and seven with. So basically you go three and three to start, then you finish seven and four. That's kind of how I have it playing out for them. So obviously they get going down the stretch very similar to what you have. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, it's it's funny because we both high on the Browns defense, right? But the, it's 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 that offense that you just kind of will they survive any extended? Like, what happens if the suspension gets extended? Is you know the big question, right? Like, what happens if it goes to ten games? Like, what? What if the appeal like goes on a little bit longer, so he plays the first six, but then he misses that middle chunk or something like that? Like yeah. the six games gets brought in later because of like the appeal process or something. Or what if it's at the back end of the season when you need to get rolling? Like, there's yeah. there's so much unknown. So we just I stuck with the six game suspension. Unfortunately, it's gonna in this division that one game here or there will actually end up costing you a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly the same. like I said my, the same with me with the Jets. Like that, that loss to the Jets is what cost them that playoff spot. You know, it's like 
you, you beat the Jets, you get the playoff spot. In your case, you beat the Steelers, you get the playoff spot, potentially. Like, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 possibly that close. So, all right. So now you, you got me questioning now. Did you go the same order as me in the top two, or did you did you split it up a little bit? Do you have the Super Bowl, the the, the reigning Super Bowl AFC champion up there? Well, I have them up there in the playoffs, but I have them at number two, sitting at a very, very solid 12 and five, nonetheless, as well, too. And it's kind of a lot of the same thing you mentioned. Normally, the Super Bowl loser doesn't bounce back and have incredible season. But boy, did they upload upgrade that offensive line so much. I love what they do with the offensive line. They had a pretty good draft, too. I mean, they didn't mm-hmm. they didn't get weaker. And I don't think they got any weaker. I think they stayed status quo, maybe even got a little bit better. But I will say that they were a 10 and seven division winner with the rest of the teams kind of falling off, getting injured, COVID or being their own mess. And they got really hot down the stretch. They got super cooking down the playoffs as well, too. I think so. I think they are a better team than last year. I just don't know if the circumstances quite lead them to get cooking quite like that as well, too. If that makes sense. Like you're 10 and seven last year and kind of, quote unquote, backed into the division win and then went on an epic playoff run. This year, you're going 12 and five and you're fantastic. You're a better team. I just think they're, they're going to be fantastic, and I don't think that Super Bowl hangover, quote-unquote, is going to hurt them. I just think the AFC is so jacked this year as well, too. Like, while they got a little bit better, some other teams got a lot better as well, too, including a team in their own division, which we already know who it is, who I'm going to talk about in a second, who I think got exponentially better as well. So I think the Bengals will be absolutely fantastic. Basically the same as you do. I just have a different – I'm going 4-2 and two in the division. and they're, So I think they're going to be fantastic. And they're going to be one that – like, they're going to be the wild card team. The division leaders are like, do I really have to play them? Do I really have to deal with Joe Burrow right now? Can't I play anybody else? Like they're they're going to be fantastic as well too, and I think they're they're gonna they're gonna be a tough out. Here's so here's okay. So we talk about this a lot, and then last season we we saw it really with the Bengals really encapsulated. They played in ten games decided by one possession or less. They won seven of or no sorry six of those ten games. You know who else did that in recent memory as well too? Who even to a bigger substantial? The 2016 Raiders, who were like seven and one in games decided by seven points or less, including yeah. two point conversions again, and Jack Del Rio Riverboat Riverboat Ron Jr. himself over there, they went on that epic run. Unfortunately, Derek Carr's injury, and then the next year they fell off. Granted, they didn't upgrade like the Bengals did, but I'm glad you mentioned that because that was actually what I was kind of thinking with them too. Is because they did such a good job upgrading their one major weakness, they're not going to have that fall off of well we. We overachieved this last year, and then you upgraded. So that's why I have them kind of sitting at twelve and five, and they probably win a whole lot of other divisions as well. Too. The only problem is I have one other team in their division that I think is going to be fantastic, though. And my apologies, actually, they played in eleven of them last last year. But my point, my question was more or less: Do you see them continuing that trend of playing close games, or do you see these Bengals, this Bengals team kind of? Yeah. I'll round it out by saying I think they might not have that same record in close games, but if it's a close game, there's very few guys I want the ball in their hands more than Joey B. Like that. What about Evan McPherson? Cool, cool, that, cool, oh, leg, I'm th- cool leg Evan. Oh, I'm just thinking in the hands to get Evan McPherson <laughs> within range, too. You throw, if you're gonna, When you give me both of those guys, I think they're going to be kind of like what you saw with Brady, Vinatieri, Brady, and Gostowski for a while as well, too, as far as just keep it within close and we'll take care of the rest. I think they can do a lot of that as well, too. But the, the nature of the run last year, I think, conduces to – what would be a plateauing or a dipping down effect, but because of how much they upgraded, it turns into a bit of a plateau effect, if that makes sense. And they still go 12 and five. That's how good this team is and how great they are if they stay healthy. So sounds like I'm insulting them, but it's really a compliment when you break it down all the way. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Obviously. Um, I, I think, I think those two, obviously you, you mentioned Vinatieri and Brady. That's a very interesting comparison, uh, but okay. So 
not not necessarily a Brady in his own right, but the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson, you have it number one. But go ahead and tell us why. Like, what is what are the reasons you got the, the, the Ravens? So we got the Ravens. I got them going 13 and four, kind of like we have the Bengals doing. I have the Ravens as the second seed in the AFC. So a little spoiler, I think they're going to be a fantastic team. Wow. Well, let's also remember last year before injuries completely ripped their team apart. Six and one, I believe it was maybe even seven and two, something along those lines. They were absolutely cooking early on as well, too. They were a fantastic team to start. And then injuries completely tore them apart. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I look at this team now. You still have Lamar Jackson. If he's obviously he has to be healthy and there has to not be any too many rifts as well, too. You traded Hollywood Brown, which is kind of an interesting trade as well. So you get rid of his nut receiver. What do you draft in their place? Kyle Hamilton, your favorite player in the draft. Fantastic safety. Tyler Linderbaum, a top 10 quality prospect now playing center to man that offensive line even more as well, too. <laughs> With a run heavy offense, who else do you want leading the way than Tyler Linderbaum as far as you like? This is like when the Chiefs brought in Creed Humphrey last year, sort of feeling to it. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins is coming back. He, we forget he was an absolute dog in his first his, his first couple before he got hurt. You got experience with Gus Edwards coming back now as well too. You got Mike Davis. You brought in receiver. You got Rashard Bateman. You got Devin Duvernay. You got it's a little thinner receiver court where no one's gonna argue that. But at the same time, <laughs> their offense, their passing offense doesn't run through their receiving court. It runs through those tight ends, and this tight end group is probably the best in the game. We look at Mark Andrews who asserted himself top three, four tight end you'd say in the game right now. Like right, he's oh, in that category. Yeah, he's, he's in that five. category he's with Kelsey, Kittle, and uh, and Waller. He's he's number, he's one of those four horsemen, if you will, at this point as well. Too like he used to be the first one on the outside. He is sitting at that table now. Yeah. He established Nick Boyle, a, a really good blocking number two tight end. Charlie Kolar, who I've been really high on out of Iowa State in our last episode where we talked about rookies. I have mentioned him a lot. I look at him as almost a Jason Witten 2.0. Nothing athletically impressive i should say i guess well he's not like a noah fan running a four five not like a travis kelsey gliding he's big and he finds a way to get open he catches the ball and he can block as well to a big body as well for those multiple tight end sets they thrive in plus isaiah likely so you're really four deep at start you have four quality starting tight ends burner who is an absolute burner by the way like, like he could you could split him out and you too we mentioned ronnie stanley hopefully coming back and he, he needs to stay healthy zeitler linderbaum they've rebuilt the offensive line pretty well this defense is where I'm looking at him like this team could be dangerous defensively. You get Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, your two starting corners back as well, too, who in their own right can be one of the better duos in the game as well. Kyle Hamilton, your boy at safety, he's incredibly limited, but what he does do, he is incredible at. That's how I look at him as well, too. And I think Marcus Williams, the safety out of this from the Saints that they brought in, does everything that Kyle Hamilton really can't do necessarily. So you could kind of put them. You could literally pair them up perfectly. You could not ask for a better matchup when I look at it. Marcus Williams could primarily play that deep center safety, cover one, cover three, roam the, roam the middle, that sort of thing, no, nothing deep over the top. Which means you could put Kyle Hamilton on tight ends where he thrives. You could put him in the box to destroy people. Or you could put him as like a run defender and a guy that can just kind of move all over the field and roam. So he's absolutely in an incredible fit there as well too. Then at corner, you added Kyle Fuller as your third corner. 
So now you're getting depth at corner. You got Jalen Armour Davis as well, too. Chuck Clark, Geno Stone, Patrick Queen in your front seven, Josh Bynes, Calais Campbell, Michael Pierce, oh, Adafe Owe, Justin Houston is still on the team. Like these are names I'm just going up that are absolutely ridiculous. And I I kind of do have to mention as well, too. They do have John Ross, the Michigan linebacker, as well, too. And David Ojabu. If he gets on the field this year, we were both really yeah. high on David Ojabu. If he can get on the field this year, that is the question. Maybe towards the back end of the season, he really bolsters that pass rush as well. So I think this defense is going to be dangerous. I think the Ravens are going to be a force. I think they're going to bounce back. And I think that run game, that record they broke a couple years ago, I think they're going to be breaking it for rushing again this year. And that defense, I look forward to bounce back in a big way. Uh, you know, I, I, I tried to overlook the David Ojabu thing, and I and when I say overlook, I mean I tried to just kind of like imagine he doesn't play this <laughs> season. That's like that's where I was. You ruptured Achilles. I, I like as the as late as it happened because it happened in, in you know during the the combine. So you you kind of sit there and you wonder if that's going to affect him long long term. And then you, it's tough because nobody ever knows how those are going to you know how you're going to recover. Terrell Suggs, like nobody knew how Terrell Suggs was going to recover from his ruptured Achilles. And then oh by the way. I'm going to go and dominate it for another like six seasons. Oh, okay. And then now, so David Ojabu, who knows if he can get on the field, just him and then Adafi Owe on, on the opposite sides are just absolutely deadly. So um, it would be interesting to see for sure. But yeah, I, I, I like the Ravens pick there at, no, at number one for, for your AFC North for sure. It, I think they got a nice blend of experience and young guys that'll mix together really well if they can stay healthy. And I just, Kyle Hamilton, we kind of talked about it. He, you're a huge fan of Kyle Hamilton. I think he's awesome in a certain role. I think he is going to have an incredible rookie season because of his situation. And because yeah. they're going to look at it, they're not going to ask him to do like, they're not going to ask him to be Eric Berry or Earl Thomas or any of those type of guys. They're going to look at him like, you're like 86, 85% of Cam Chancellor. You're like a Roy Williams with the old cowboy safety. We're going to put you in that role and let you dominate while Marcus Williams hangs out back here and just plays that deep center field, which he thrives at. So this defense is built to be very dangerous and they, they need to be when they have to play the Bengals twice a year and the Browns when that offense gets flying as well, too. I have the Ravens also going four and two in the division. Basically, it's going to be a close, tight division. I think the Ravens, they're going to be really tough. I think Lamar's going to earn a whole lot of money if he doesn't already by the time the season starts. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has that opportunity. All right, so we've done the AFC North. That leads <laughs> us to the other side of the coin. The, 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 I don't, I don't want to call it weaker, the weaker oh, Northern weaker. division. <laughs> So they're completely in- inadequate in Northern Division, if you mm. want to be completely honest about it. I'm sorry, people. I'm just speaking facts here. Like, mm. If you're comparing to AFC to NFC North, AFC North walks the dog with AFC North every single day of the week. Um, oh, yeah. But so anyways, NFC North. I ripped the Band-Aid off of the AFC North, TJ. So I'm going to let you take the NFC North. All right. We're, gonna go, we're just going to go back to back here. NFC North, I'm going to start at the bottom. I got the Lions. I got them going 4-13. and 13. But I think they're going to be kind of the opposite of the Bengals. I think they're going to be in a lot of one-possession type games. This is a very, very talented young team. You know, on hard knocks, everyone's going to get exposed to Dan Campbell and the fiery nature he is as well, too. (laughs) I look for the Lions to be incredibly competitive. I think it's going to be a lot of games they should win, but they end up losing kind of like that Ravens game, ironically, last year where they should have won that one. It took a 66-yard bomb from Justin Tucker. So I think the Lions, their record is not going to be conducive how well they play. And I think they are literally maybe half a draft class away from being like a true wild card contender in the NFC. I think this is their last year of quote unquote mediocrity. If they give everybody one more year after this, they're going to be dangerous next year, I think as well too. I think it's a really good, good team that'll have a bad record. If that makes sense. Like they're in, 
They're going to be really, really good, but the record is not going to show any of it, unfortunately. But people who watch them, they will know. Yeah, no, that Lions team last year, competitive team all around. Just, you know, we just talked about the Bengals, 11 games. You'll win a majority of them. You go to the Super Bowl. Lions, you play in a bunch of close games. You lose all of them. This is what happens to you. And I think that's what we're going to see a lot of in this year as well, too. So I have the Lions at the cellar for now at 4-13, and 13, but as promising of a 4-13 and 13 as you can honestly get. Number three, I got another team that I think is going to show a lot of promise, but I think they're still a little bit away. I think the Bears are going to go 6-11, and 11, which is Ooh. not really what you want to see, but when you look at this roster top to bottom, it's a pretty terrible roster. I know they just switched GM and a trip person, GM head coach or anything like that, but I don't think they did a great job, honestly, overall. They did a... Their defense, they did a pretty okay job. I like Jaquan Brisker. I think Kyler Gordon's a pretty good corner, very similar to like Kyle when they had Kyle Fuller in that 2018 type of defense they had that was good. The problem is you already pissed off Roquan Smith now, your best defender. You traded Khalil Mack. Robert Quinn, It's he's really good, but he's honest. At this point, you lost Eddie Goldman as well, too. You're losing a lot of pieces, and I don't know if you're supplementing them quite that well on defense. Offensively, you half the receivers you brought in are either arrested or like third receivers as well, too. I mean, I, I like Velas Jones. He's a pretty decent pick, but they, I don't think they're doing enough to help Justin Fields succeed. If that makes sense. Like Cole Komet, nice tight end Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, decent running backs, offensive line, Tevin Jenkins, your, first, your early second round pick last year is now taking second team reps and is potentially on the market as well, too. Cause I guess they don't like what they're seeing from him. So, there's a lot I don't like about the Bears, but I think Justin Fields, I still think he has a very, very promising future. It might not be with the Bears, the way the Bears are doing things. If they could keep him healthy, I like bringing in the Packers quarterback coach to the OC. I already saw they're working on like footwork drills with just with Justin as far as putting the which foot forward so you can catch, snap, throw, like Aaron Rodgers did with Devontae Adams relentlessly, just to get the ball out of your hands and mask that offensive line. So maybe that helps you a little bit, but it's going to be a rough season for the Bears. I think they'll get to the six wins, but... They got some. They got some work in this um, upcoming offseason to kind of balance it out because I, they, they didn't do enough this last offseason. I think Justin Fields is going to show a lot of promise, but it's still going to be a rough season. Unfortunately, he's going to be a later bloomer than I think. We'll see if the Bears are patient enough to find out. Yeah, honestly, I, I feel this. You feel bad for Justin Fields, right? Of all the situations he could have gone to, this we said it. This was the absolute worst, especially if they throw him out there against the Browns and in, in, in the week that they did because. They literally threw this guy out here, and it's like, all right, well, we're going to Sam Darnold you. That's that's literally what we're going to do. You might see ghosts from now on in the rest of your career, and that's no way set that somebody who has so much promise as a quarterback should be treated. Um, so it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Justin Fields can do in year two, obviously, with a new coach and kind of a new look offense as well. But, yeah, it's, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you're pretty – you might even be a little nice by saying that their roster is, is not good. It's, it's pretty atrocious. If you take – it might be a bottom five roster in the game, honestly. So we went there and just rated the rosters overall top to bottom. It might be bottom five. And I'm curious to see how the coaching staff works. Well, we thought the same thing about the Eagles last year, but the new coaching staff and the new regime was able to get the most out of certain pieces and kind of the way they rebuilt the offense to accommodate Jalen Hurts and whatnot. So maybe they could do the same with Justin and get him utilize his skill sets. But we have a lot to see with them. So start cruising. Number two now, I have the Minnesota Vikings going at 10-7. and seven. And finding their way into the playoffs as well, too. I won't spoil where or what seed they get, but they do get themselves into the playoffs as well, too. I've been kind of hammering this home with you and I, and now I get to say it. I think the addition of Kevin O'Connell is going to make Kirk Cousins even better as well, too. Like, not just a numbers hero, but a guy who actually plays up to his numbers in certain spots. (laughs) Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, I think, are going to get some nice split work so Dalvin Cook doesn't randomly miss five games as he has. 
I think Justin Jefferson is going to be the leading receiver this year, a la what Cooper Cup did last year. is maybe not as extreme. I look at K.J. Osborne. I think he's going to be a nice weapon that's going to be consistent. You still have Adam Thielen, your fa- your favorite receiver out there as well, too, as well. And I think the offensive line's a little better. You did a really good job in the draft defensively. Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth with your first two picks. That bolsters your secondary that desperately needed it. Still have Harrison Smith. Still have Patrick Peterson. They have Daniil Hunter coming back healthy. And Zadarius Smith on the other side as well, too. So I think the defense, weirdly enough, you get rid of Mike Zimmer, defense coach, but I think the defense is going to be better. So I think they have a lot of promising pieces to chase quarterbacks and to get takeaways. And, of course, Irv Smith at tight end is coming back healthy as well, too. I think he could be a real game breaker in those play actions that you imagine O'Connell's going to bring, those zone reads, those motions, that's the eye candy that lets tight ends slip out the back like Tyler Higby's done the last four years, it feels like. So there's a lot to like about them. So I think the Vikings squeak their way into the playoffs at 10-7, and seven, and I think it's going to be a full team team effort, and I think Kirk Cousins will be elevated a little bit. I know you're not the highest one on him, and I'm not very high on him either. But I think now having a coaching staff that doesn't blatantly hate him, I think will help and will work with him. I think will elevate him enough, if that makes sense. So his numbers and the play will actually match up. And you won't have the 31st-ranked defense this year yet. No, that's 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 all fair. Um, I, I give you give you you know credit for for how you broke that down. And um, I, you hate I think every the big, <laughs> I the Kirk Cousins <laughs> stuff kind of just turns my tummy my tummy a little bit. But you know. The Irv Smith part, man. I just want to see Irv Smith healthy for a full season. Like, can I get Irv Smith healthy for a full season? And if, if, if so be it, Kirk Cousins is going to become as good as you're saying he is, which isn't Irv very Smith, good, by the way. It's just not. It's just not losing you the games, basically. <laughs> Irv, Irv Smith will become a top ten tight end, like easily, if he is healthy all season and 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 Kirk can play that way. Like it, it would make it would just be so easy for him to to be a top ten tight end. He's so athletic, so good. Uh, you know, with his hands, it's just we'll have to wait and see. I think that's that's a big key. And I mean, honestly, how Adam Thielen ages can get Adam Thielen continue to age well, um, and not just fall off a cliff because he's yet to fall off a cliff. He's still got obviously his yardage was down last year, but his touchdowns were up. So if he can continue to age well in this in this offense, it'll be very interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And by the way, too, just a quick heads up: the NFL is appealing for an indefinite suspension that would be a minimum of one year. That is what the NFL is appealing with the Deshaun Watson thing. So we got a we got a lot to look out for on that one too. So just wanted to retrack on that as we were recording this as well too. That that popped up, but I do have the Vikings ten and seven. I think Kirk Cousins will give you like that thirty touchdowns, eight picks, like he did last year. But it won't be like skittish garbage time, useless numbers. They'll actually be productive in in ways that win games, if that makes sense as well. So it won't be triple doubles that lead you to the seventh seed or something like that. So. I see, I see the Vikings being a very quality-level team this year and that defense I'm excited for, too. Number one, even losing Devontae Adams, you still I still got the Packers. David Bakhtiari is going to come back. A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones is a dynamic running backfield. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. He still makes a lot of guys – he still makes a lot of good things happen. The receiving course is probably the worst he's ever had. I mean, it's going to be like Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Samari Toure, a bunch of guys that nobody knows in Randall Cobb. So I think it's going to be a lot of scheme fits as well, too. It's going to be – it's not going to be pretty, but I think they're going to find a way to go 12-5. and five. I think their defense will be improved as well. Yair Alexander will be healthy. You drafted a whole lot on defense, especially in that first round. So hopefully those guys show up and are ready to go. But I think they're still going to beat up on the NFC North. I have them going 5-1 and one in the division, splitting with the Vikings. The Vikings will steal one from them like they did last year. I don't think – it won't be pretty. It won't be as elegant as the last couple of years of the Packers have been since Matt LaFleur got there where they're averaging 13 wins. But I think they'll still get to the 12 wins just based on you're really good at a few key positions. A few that like Rashawn Gary as a pass rusher, Yael Alexander a corner, Aaron Rodgers a quarterback. You're fantastic there. 
you'll be fine. The running game will get you some things. So give me the Packers at 12 and five, the Vikings at 10 and six, the bears at six and 11 and the lions at four and 13 rounding out the weirdly competitive, but not so competitive NFC North. All right. All right. I respect it. I respect it. Um, it is a, I can't disagree with a whole lot of your picks. I, I mean, I, I don't like the Lions pick. I don't like the Kirk Cousins conversation, but I don't. I can't really hate a lot of what you're saying. Well, you know what? Take it away, good sir. Let, I look forward to your Kirk Cousins argument as well, too. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. So I'm going to start at number four, obviously. Uh, for me, sitting at number four is actually the team you have at number three with the exact same record. I have the Bears <laughs> at six and 11, finishing number four in the division. Uh, they the actually end up going... Amount of records in that division. <laughs> yeah, so they actually end up going two and four in, uh, in, in the division. But I think when it comes down to this division, I think it's down to non-conference opponents, and they play the NFC East. So uh, you feel pretty good about that one if you're if you're a uh, uh, um, an NFC uh, NFC North team like you kind of feel pretty good about most of your opponents here. Um, I, I'm sorry, I think the only team in the NFC East that has a chance to even beat the Bears is the the Cowboys, and that's a very close game. Mm-hmm. I, I went back and forth on that one. They almost finished seven and eleven or seven and ten um, with that one. But Give me the Bears here. I just again everything you said about the Bears is, is exactly right. They're just not a good not a good team from top to bottom. When you're about to ship out Tevin Jenkins, who was injured last year, and he hadn't had a chance to play for you, and then I, like you now you're ready to ship him out with a whole new unit, like that's not good because that dude is an absolute mauler. And if you want your running game to work, you gotta you gotta have a mauler on the right side. Um, I think but, they should consider putting him at guard if he's still struggling out on that island. But instead, they're gonna just ship him away. But I think give him a try at guard if they're concerned about him on the edges. Just let him go eat people up the middle. Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest saving grace for the Bears is if that that secondary from the Bears, especially Eddie Jackson, can recapture his old form. I think that secondary can be strong enough with all the pieces they all the young players they have there to carry this team to a couple extra wins that I might not even be predicting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that this this team is pretty well capped at about six wins. I feel like that. I don't. I think anything more than that is mm-hmm. going to be shocking. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be Justin Fields playing out of his mind. Exactly. So number four, the Bears at six and eleven. So I'm curious now. See who do you have rolling at number three? Number three, head coach Dan Campbell and these knee biting lions. I have at number three, at eight and nine. Uh, I think this team is actually like you, like we said last year. They lost a bunch of close games, and this year I think that team has made steps in the right right direction to get over that hump. Where they they won't lose every single close game. <laughs> They're gonna win. A couple more, and, and obviously we're talking like if they play in eleven close games, they win five of them. Like not enough they're going to go to the Super Bowl, but enough that they're going to be competitive. And I actually have them going three and three in division, stealing one from everybody. Oh, so, okay. yeah, I mean, act, well, stealing one, yeah, stealing one from everybody. Sorry, I had to double check that just to make sure. Hmm. But yeah, no, I, look, the Lions look good offensively. They made all the right moves. Uh, that team looks good. I think the biggest hole on this team is that in linebacking core. If you look at that linebacking core. There's not a whole lot of names that you could name off that that linebacking core that you could even think of right now, and uh, it, it takes it takes me a long time to come up with a starting caliber linebacker on that linebacking core. By the way, the answer is there's not really one. Hmm. Um, it's a th- it's a thing. If there was another choice, there would be another starter. If that's that, that was an option, um, but the secondary obviously still needs the safeties. I think really needs some help, but I do like their corners. 
Um, I do think Jared Goff is not the liability most people think. No. I think I mean he's he's just look, he's an average to a slightly above average on a good day NFL quarterback. There's nothing wrong with that. Nobody hates like that's not something to hate. That's better than Kirk Cousins. Hmm. But I digress. So I give me the Lions though. I like everything they're doing. I like everything they're building. But I think you're right. That next year, this next draft that they have, if they can pull off exactly what they did this draft, watch out, world, because we're going to watch the line too. Is really yeah. good. So what they just the moves they made. It's just, it's small moves, very small underrated moves, and they just they worked really well so far. Mm-hmm. Um, too bad they couldn't do anything for the linebacking core. Yeah. Um, but that'll take me to number two, who does have a linebacker in Michael Kendricks, who is a fantastic linebacker, uh, is the Vikings and the defense. Everything about the defense I love, except the aging corner situation. Like Patrick Peterson is your number one corner. I'm not so happy about. Like, it's not great. Move him to safety. Let him go free reign in the safety. Like, let him have fun. But I don't like I don't like him as a, as a number one corner. But the Vikings here at, at number two. Oh, sorry, nine and eight at number two. Um and I, I look, I like everything about him except for Kirk Cousins. And mm-hmm. that's a whole big thing to not like. I also still don't like that Alexander Madison is a capable, a beyond capable back. He is an above average NFL court running back when he gets his opportunities statistically. And yet he is still sitting behind Dalvin Cook. Like, either get this man somewhere or get this man some playing time. Take your pick. But mm-hmm. something has to happen. And I think, I think to your point with the new regime coming in. I do think there's going to be an opportunity for Alexander Madison to be used in a little more gadgety, which is not a bad thing. Kind of like J.D. McKissick before he got shipped to San Francisco, you know, before the injuries took hold. Like, I think this, like, Alexander Madison has that opportunity to be that guy that just kind of breaks this offense in a different level. And obviously, again, I talked, we talked, when you said the Vikings, I, I mentioned Adam Thielen, how well he he continues to age. He's turned those corner of the end zones. I, I joke about him sitting on the corner with a 40. He has turned those end zones, the corners of those end zones, into his his place. That is where he exists, and you just throw it to the corner, and Adam Thielen's going to bring it down. I don't know what he does, what, why it's so good. Like he, Him along the boundaries is exceptional. Um, Justin Jefferson continues to just explode. Hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, I, just, I don't have him as a number one receiver this coming up year, but I do think he's a top five potential receiver easily. Like, if Kirk Cousins gives him just the opportunity, the guy's going to be great. Uh, KJ Osborne has to step up, but Irv Smith coming back healthy is a big, 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 huge hit. Uh, the offensive line improving as well is a big hit. But there's still not enough Vikings to get beyond that 9-8 and eight record at this point in time because you have Kirk Cousins. You're ca- I feel like you are forever capped by the Kirk Cousins of average. Like, he is the average of all averages – the definition of average in the, in, the, in the dictionary, you will see Kirk Cousins. And it's just, it's not good enough. If you want to win titles, if you're in Minnesota, it's not good enough to, to sustain that. But you know what? They're surviving because they have that big old contract. So they'll, they'll, they'll do what they can. Um, but yeah, so that's the Vikings, number two, nine and eight. Nobody can tell. I'm, I'm not the biggest Kirk Cousins fan. <laughs> what if Jimmy Garoppolo somehow ends up on this team instead and takes Kirk Cousins' job? You know, honestly, I've thought about that, and I honestly think that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for both Justin Jefferson hmm. and uh, Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne, for that matter, because Jimmy Garoppolo does not discern who he's throwing the ball to. If they're open, they're open. He's going to throw yeah. it to them. Like, that's just it. It's, and and he, there will not be a case where he overthrows Emmanuel Sanders because Emmanuel Sanders stops on the route. Hmm. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, he might he overthrow will. Justin Jefferson by a little bit. That's because he flies away. That's a different type of speed. So 
Definitely similar thoughts on the Vikings and very similar records, but different finale. So we both have the Packers at number one. What record do you have, Matt, and how do you see them playing out? So I also have them at 12 and five. So a great team. But again, when it comes down to it, they just didn't. Uh, it's not like it, to me, they're not the most overwhelming team in the world. Uh, it, as far as in season goes, as far as non-conference opponents, they lose to the Jets. They lose to the Bucks. They lose to the Bills. Uh, they lose to the Rams. Like, they're not the threatening Packers team, and a lot of that comes down to that receiving core. You're you're relying on Alan Lazard, you're relying on Christian Watson, you're relying on uh, you know Amari Rogers, who by the way got yelled at for taking a fair catch in practice. Like you're relying on too many question marks in the receiving core that Aaron Rodgers we've we is temperamental enough with his receiving core. Um, and now you're throwing in a bunch of unknowns into his bag, and that's this is a recipe to either self-destruct or to excel. I, I don't know which way it's going to go, and I don't know which way it's going to go per week. I mean, there's going to be some weeks. I imagine he just, like that Jets week, I have him losing to the Jets. I have them exploding, like self-destructing. Mm-hmm. Just It just won't work. And I, I don't know. So I just, there's too many question marks with that receiving core, so I just I worry about the Packers long-term. There are a lot of great pieces there. We're not going to take away from that. But 12-5, and five, they do make the playoffs. It's obviously not no question that they make the playoffs there. Um, but what can they do beyond that? I don't know. And that's going to determine what the receiving core. They remind me of a, of a point fighter in like a combat sport as well. So like they, they can beat you on points. It can go all 12 rounds or five rounds. Like they'll pick you apart, but you won't be hurt at them. But there's no fear there. It's just, can you, can you survive the, the basic game? I guess if it was well too, like, cause they don't have like a knockout punch. If that makes sense. Or they don't have anything intimidating about them. It's just don't kill yourself against them basically. So I, I see what you mean as well too. They'll win games, but they're not scaring the, like those elite teams. Exactly. So just to recap, going back over my picks, I have at number four in the NFC North, the Bears, six and 11, six and 11. At number three, the Lions, eight and nine. At number two, the Vikings, nine and eight. And at number one, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers taking the, taking the division at 12 and five. Absolutely. Very, very fun. Going. We got that as our AFC and NFC North predictions, but we got a fun little twist this year that we haven't had last year. We talk, There's a lot of talk about sports, betting, that sort of thing as well, too. So this year we're going to break down a fantasy player to watch for each team in each division and a quick 60-second recap per division. Before we get into that, though, we talk fantasy football, we talk sports betting. Survivor pools are definitely a big thing going on right now as well, too. And we are fortunate enough to be partnered up with Run Your Pool. It is a it is an NFL, NBA, any type of sport. You can run a survivor pool through that as well, too. We do have our own survivor pool going on right now. It is free to enter. Go ahead and join ours as well, too. You can get Excuse me, you can win plenty. You can be up and win prizes if you do very well as well, too, and put your sports knowledge to the test and put your cojones on the line, depending on who you pick on a certain week as well, too. So follow our social media accounts. Click the, We'll have a link up there for you as well, too, to go and join us. We look forward to competing against you, and we'll see who will be on top of that survivor pool. So, Kelsey, I'll let you go first. We'll start with the AFC North. Give me a fancy player from each team to keep an eye out for. Yeah, so I'm going to run through this real quick from top to bottom from finishers. So AFC North, the Bengals. Look out for T. Higgins. You obviously have number one, Jamar Chase, number three, Tyler Boyd. What else do you need? You need T. Higgins. The, the guy has a perfect fit with Joe Burrow. They've had it for two seasons now. It's on display every single game last year. Give me T. Higgins there. The Ravens, I have Rashad Bateman coming back healthy. The, look, Lamar, is he's a reluctant to throw it, but when he throws it, he needs to have a big body target. Rashad Bateman fits every category that Lamar wants, including speed. He's just a little smaller than Mark Andrews, but he will be outside the numbers. He will be that guy making big plays in that receiving core. 
for the for the Browns, I actually going out on a limb here and sticking with the slot receiver with Anthony Schwartz, who we missed last season because on and off with injury. I think this season between Jacoby Brissett's rocket arm and Deshaun Watson, if he comes in and plays it all, I think Anthony Schwartz, after he's learned this offense, has the opportunity to be an explosive player because there's not a whole lot of explosion left in this offense. Uh, and number four, these Steelers sticking with the receiver core, going with George Pickens here out of Georgia. He's been looking fantastic in, in, in preseason uh, practices. He's been looking fantastic on the ball, off the ball, blocking, you name it. I look forward to seeing what he does. And with Deontay Johnson sitting out, there's room. So that's <laughs> my four. There's room to cook. So I'm going to go with my AFC North. I got Charlie Kolar from the Ravens. Big tight end opposite Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews getting double team. Charlie Kolar turn, runs seven yards, turn around. Easy catches with him and Lamar all day moving the chains. For the Bengals, I'm not actually looking at the offense. I'm looking at that defense. I think that defense is going to be very underratedly good, kind of like when they got hot last year. And I see if you if you miss out on some of those elite defenses in fantasy, maybe you pick up the Bengals really, really late, and they can help you with a few games as well too. So look for them to be an underrated good defense. For the Browns, I'm looking at Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper can have a bit of a bounce back year this year. The primary receiver used a route running like what Jarvis Landry type of role was as well too, but they exemplify his skill set. And it's not a – the Cowboys offense continue to veer away from him. I think the Browns offense will veer into him, if that makes sense, for better and for worse. And then the Steelers, not even a sugar coming. If you have a top three or four pick, Najee Harris is your guy. There's not a whole lot else on that offense. Throw, even if he doesn't get a lot for the running rushing because of the O-line, he's going to get a lot of passes like he did last year. Najee Harris is my guy for the Steelers, and those are my AFC North fantasy players to look out for. I like it. Well, I'm going to jump right over to the NFC. We're going to run through this real quick. The NFC North, I got Packers. Can he come back healthy? Christian Watson, if he can. I do think he has the opportunity to be that guy who steps up for Aaron Rodgers. Um, becomes the next Devontae, maybe. The Vikings, I said it when I broke them down. KJ Osborne, I need you this season if these Vikings are going to succeed. And I think he has the opportunity. He showed it burst last year. I think this time he's going to show it sustaining through at least seven games. Uh, the Lions, coming back off the injury out of the national out of his playoff run, Jamison Williams, the rookie, I think he's been fan- like he is fantastic. He is lightning in a bottle. Comes back if you come back 100%. Don't rush it back. Absolutely fantastic rookie there. Now the Bears. It's not a whole lot to love there with the Bears, but you know there is a guy safety net for Justin Fields. So showed a lot last year. This year he's going to get even better. Going to be seeing even more targets. Probably going to be number two targeted in the receiving core. You know he's not a receiver. It's Cole Komet. I like it. You can't go wrong with those. I'll cruise through mine too. Packers, I'm looking at A.J. Dillon. They touchdown vulture from all Aaron Jones holders, and I think Aaron Jones will be used to passing more, which means more carries for A.J. Dillon as well. Vikings, this is similar to the Steelers. Don't overthink it. Justin Jefferson, I still think he's going to be the leading receiver in the league if he stays healthy. If you have, if you miss out on those elite two or three running backs but you still pick early, don't be afraid to take Justin Jefferson like you would take Devontae Adams or D-Hop the last few years. For the Bears, I think Khalil Herbert is going to get a lot of underrated burn in a similar way that A.J. Dillon has. He's a very evasive, fast-moving back that can catch the ball, get him in space. Then for the Lions, I'm looking at DJ Shark coming back off an injury. Jamison Williams is going to scare people with his speed, so I think DJ Shark's going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities to get deep, and Jared, ball, Jared Goff throws a nice deep ball. So look for DJ Shark as an underrated receiver three slot type of guy, or flex type of guy, too. I like him. So that's our guys to look out for for fantasy coming for both of these divisions. Real quick rundown. You'll see those on our social medias as well. If you missed all those and those quick breakdowns, we'll have them up on our socials. Don't worry. But, guys, we appreciate everything, as always. Run your pool. Link will be in our bio right below us. Check it out. Join us today. You have a chance to win some cool prizes as well. Uh, DJ, any final words? 
nothing from me. Come back again next week. So for the next few weeks, we'll be doing division by division breakdowns. Next week, I think, you know what? I think we're going to head on over to the East and check out the AFC and the NFC East next. But I think that'll be a fun way to go next. So join us next week for another fun episode as well, too. And until then, we'll see you guys later. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.